successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everybody and welcome to today's Grill Nation Show. Thanks for listening on the radio on 980 AM KMBZ if you're joining us on podcast networks. Or if you're on our website, grillnationshow.com, we greatly appreciate it. Of course, we're also on a live stream today, taping today's show. Uh, if you're watching us on my social media, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank our uh, our great uh, guests that we're going to have on the show today for joining me. But first, uh, I want to start off with um, Jason Carter-Solomon, who's the Senior Vice President of Landmark National Bank, and Jeff Phillips, also a Senior Vice President at Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. Uh, gentlemen, how are you today? Doing great, man. Good. Good to be here. Uh, let's start off with uh, with Jason. Jeff, why don't you introduce uh, who Jason is? Uh, you know, Landmark Bank has been with us for a while now, helping us out on the Grill Nation show with guests. We're going to have another great one today, but we've not had Jason on the show yet as a uh, guest host. So tell us about Jason, Jeff. Yeah, well, you and I have uh, visited multiple times about um, this wonderful community that we feel like we're a part of, where folks um, seem to have this shared value of, um, you can kind of summarize it as being lifelong learners, um, understanding the power of connection, how uh, you can draw on uh, that connection, or um, you have a responsibility to provide um, some advice through that connection. And then also folks that are actively engaged in the community because they see that as a, as a responsibility and something they want to do. Um, that helps you to really draw uh, customers and friends to the bank. But what's interesting is it also creates a culture where uh, folks um, decide whether or not they want to be a part of that team, too. Um, and so we find ourselves uh, being able to have conversations with folks like Jason, um, who uh, really embodies that in his life and also seems to work with folks that have those same shared values. So we had a chance to, we knew of Jason uh, for a long time, uh, kind of friends through the market. Uh, the banking industry is not terribly big um, and always were kind of envious of him. And um, we had a chance for us to actually talk about maybe working together. And that came through fruition this year. We're super excited about it. He has uh, some expertise that really fills in um, where we needed that, but really uh, just his um, outlook on what role we play in our uh, community is perfectly aligned with what we're doing. Well said. Jason, what do you say to that, my friend? You know, those, uh, in the words of uh, the SNL uh, Nick Cage uh, skit, that's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um it's true. You know, I've, I've known of uh, Jeff uh, through the banking circles and uh, friendly competition in years past and uh, some of his other cohorts at the bank that, I, that are now my uh, compatriots as well. And 
um, always thought very highly of them and um, just the demeanor and the spirit in which they carried themselves within the marketplace, the um, the uh, servant leader uh, mentality that they all exuded and the relationships that they built, therefore, with their clientele was just very admirable. And it was always tough to compete against them, but it was always um, I've always understood when I lost and I think hopefully <laughs> vice versa. So, you know, sometimes the adage goes, you can't beat them, join them. And uh, when Jeff came a calling, uh, it was very, it was very difficult, right? It's, you know, in our business, we talk a little bit about, you know, how do we get folks to disrupt their own sense of the status quo, uh, to switch banks or make different changes with respect to their financial or banking relationships is, is not an easy proposition. So there has to be either pain or a compelling story to draw those folks in and over to your side. And well, the, the compelling story is that, you know, Jeff and the team at uh, Landmark and Landmark as an institution is what I like to call just people banking people. And being a community bank in this space, in this town, it's very uh, important that we have folks that understand the nuance of the X's and O's, but also the people and the stories that lead to the entrepreneurial journey to help folks reach their objective. And when you have that in a financial institution uh, and the people uh, believe that and live that every day, it's a very, very uh, profound combination. It can make a lot of difference in our communities. And I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk more about that and maybe yeah. in, in come, I, but I, you're a, you're, you've got quite a resume, Jason. I was reading through your LinkedIn. I, 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 I always forget that you're a slew grad. Um, which I am too, and that's probably why you're so successful. Um, and that's why you're a servant leader, right? I mean, that's like the first thing they teach you at SLU is like, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hours of community service like they were required for my scholarship or what you know at SLU, and uh, uh, that's kind of where it starts. And you obviously, you know, uh, have been continuing on through many board activities. Holy crap, you got. You're on almost all the boards in Kansas City, I think, at this point. I, I, I don't come from much, right? And so I, I've been very blessed in my life to have opportunity. And so that service is a outstretch of trying to share my time, talent, and treasure in order to give back and kind of, um, you know, not necessarily earn my spot in, in, in town, but certainly show that, hey, this town's been good to me. And so therefore, I owe a duty to try to contribute and make the community better in whatever little way I can. Um, sometimes saying no, though, has been kind of a, a new thing I've been trying to learn. So we'll see some of that that service maybe temper off and concentrated. So we're going to be talking about one of those institutions that I'm pretty passionate about within the Automotive Museum and our, our new executive director. So I can't wait to tell you guys all about that as well. So, yeah, so let's, let's talk about that real briefly. Uh, kind of talk about we're going to have on the executive director of the Kansas City Auto, uh, Automotive Museum, uh, Bill Cook, who will be joining us here in our second segment and for the rest of the show. Um, are you on the board of the uh, of that group? Yeah, I joined the board a few years ago, probably, I guess, 2018, uh, later 2018, and um, became chair of the new building committee. And the reason why I wanted to join, Jason, is uh, I had heard through the grapevine, um, and I think it got out in the business journal a couple of years ago that the museum was looking for a central location. It was founded about 10 years ago out in Olathe uh, by a very uh, entrepreneurial group of folks who were entrepreneurs in their own right, but saw fit to uh, do their passion of cars and Kansas City history and the Kansas City uh, car culture, try to bring about an institution that celebrated all of that. 
and it's a compelling story. And the fact that they were uh, so visionary to see, obviously, everything that's going on in Kansas City, the trajectory of growth within the central core, the um, uh, potential for the museum to be a uh, institution in the central corridor, drawing people from the region and also giving back to the urban core where there's a rich history of Kansas City car business and culture. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't turn out. I, I, I say it, it, it combined two of my favorite things, real yeah. estate and cars. And so well, I, was, I was in. We're going to be excited to talk to Bill here after the break. Jeff, I know you're going to be uh, jumping off here in a second. Any last words you want to share in the last 20 or 30 seconds of this segment about Jason and about Bank, uh, Landmark Bank? Yeah, no, I, again, I would just reiterate that we're so, uh, we're excited to have uh, Jason as part of the team and um, feel like that we are better because he's here. Um, and so um, I'll be anxious to, to uh, listen in on what you guys talk about uh, for the yeah. museum and um, appreciate you uh, hosting us yet again. Yes. Thank you so much to Jeff Phillips, senior vice president at landmark national bank for joining us. We're going to be right back uh, after the break with Bill cook from the Kansas city auto museum. Thanks for joining us today on the grill nation show. Open all the doors and let you out into the Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks again for joining us on the show today. If you're listening on the radio, via podcast or on our website. Also, we are on uh, YouTube where we uh, where we post all of our shows and our sneak peeks, as well as uh, also on live stream right now on my social media. You can connect with me on social media. Uh, I'm all over the place with the show. You can connect with us on Twitter at Jason Grill, at Grill Nation Show. Also, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for Jason Grill. Thank you again to our collaborator on today's show, Landmark National Bank. Their website, again, is banklandmark.com. And each and every month, they uh, they join me and they bring an awesome uh, leader in our community onto the show. And today, we are lucky to have on Bill Cook, who is the executive director of the Kansas City Auto Museum. Their website is Kansas City Auto Museum. Dot com. Also joined today by Jason Carter-Solomon, who's the Senior Vice President at Landmark National Bank. He's been there uh, for about two months, so uh, it's great to have him on his first show here. Um, how are you guys doing? And Bill, let's uh, let's hear about you. Uh, talk to us about your, uh, your background and journey, my friend. Well, hey, I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having us on today. Uh, at, at the heart of it, Jason kind of talked about it there and earlier. You know, I'm a car guy at heart. I always have been, always will be. Uh, when I was younger, my dad was involved with hot rods post-Korea. So a couple of his buddies that used to hang around in the garage were the Weld brothers from Weld Racing. So at an early age, I had an opportunity to be exposed to race cars there, had them growing up. Uh, the love of cars actually led to a career in the automotive aftermarket. I was very fortunate and blessed to own an auto parts store at the age of 25, worked my way through some management and business positions. So uh, I love cars and I love building things. So it's a uh, great opportunity that I've had in the past. And then, uh, you know, to be selected by Jason and the board to lead the next chapter of the museum. Uh, it, it's, it's like a dream come true. I get to play with what I love every day, cars, right? <laughs> so you, you're, you're very new to this job, correct? Yeah, just a couple of months. Yeah, just a couple of months in. Now, you both I'm not... are both new to your career, your new jobs. That's pretty yeah. awesome. You know, I'll tell you a little, a little anecdote. So I became president of the board of the museum probably, I think, maybe May of uh 2021 here 
And then our longtime executive director, Brittany Fernandez, who is still on the board, she left to take a awesome opportunity out in California working for a private collector. So once you become known in this space and Brittany had availed herself of a lot of opportunities and brought back a lot of knowledge to Kansas City to help kick the board or excuse not the board, but the museum into uh, high gear and then spearheaded the um the, the challenge to relocate the museum, find ground, and do all of those types of things. We then found out about two months afterwards of me becoming president of the board that she was going to be leaving and going to California. So then we had to shift our focus to find talent to fill Vrenny's shoes. And I tell you, we cannot be luckier to have Mr. Cook in this role. I mean, he is a tried and true, passionate business professional great leader and uh, just all around car guy. You know, I didn't, I, I think I told you this. He's a, when, when I met you, I kind of got your inkling a little bit of Carol Shelby when I met you. You're, you're kind of like our, our Carol Shelby here at the museum. So just got a great personality, great leader and a uh, big car guy. I appreciate that compliment, Jason. Those are big shoes to fill, man. Big shoes. Bill, tell us a little bit about that Kansas City Auto Museum. Oh, I, I tell you what, you know, Jeff Wagner, when he and his group started this back in 2014, you know, they realized that there wasn't necessarily a 100% dedicated automotive museum within the Midwest. You know, that included St. Louis. They've got a great transportation museum, nothing in Des Moines, nothing in Wichita, Topeka. So it was just a great opportunity for them. So, you know, they took the dive, a leap of faith, if you will, uh, rented a space. They got some cars together. Uh, that were loaned from some friends and, and built the museum, set us up as a 501c3. And, you know, it's kind of like Jason said, it, it's just a progression, if you will, of things, you know. So we had the initial museum, and then that kind of leads us, we'll talk a little bit about the underground, uh, our second museum and future site of the new one. So great opportunity in a life. I just love everybody if they come by and check us out. So uh, what can we expect to see when we come out there at the current location? Well, the, gr the great thing is you're going to see everything. And again, that's the beauty of the car community in Kansas City is the diversity that you see. Uh, we've got a 1910 Allstate out there, which is one of the big brass cars pre-World War One, And then across the way from it is a late model Ford GT hypercar that's valued at over $1 million. And then everything in between. Uh, we're fortunate we have a space in the back called the drive-in, and what we do is we rotate that every month with different marks. So last month it was JDM, which is Japanese domestic market cars, so we had about eight cars in there. This month is military vehicle month, so if you guys want to see a Jeep that was used by the British in the desert in World War II, you can come see that. If you want to see a more modern-day 151 month that was used by the Marines as a high-speed attack, you can see that. So it's just a great diversity of cars, and we do have some motorcycles in our collection out there. Hmm. So you mentioned uh, you're in Olathe um, currently. Uh, you will be moving to, uh, to downtown. Tell us about that because uh, that's an interesting decision, and I'd like to know more about kind of the thought process behind that. Well, you know, where we're at in Olathe is a great facility. Uh, you know, it's Johnson County. We're right next to the highway. But it's like Jason alluded to earlier. We needed a location in the middle of the town. And, you know, thanks everyone that's done so much work in the Midtown area already on revitalizing it. You know, we're coming in after most of the work's been done. So we decided that we needed a facility, one, where we could store vehicles as well as have it on a very high-profile corner. So it's going to be at 31st and Southwest Traffic Way 
uh, right next to the BMA Tower, which is now called One Park Place. Um, so we're in the possession of the garage. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when they built the BMA Tower, they built a second garage, but they never put the building on top of it. So we purchased that, and we've turned that into our second location, and we call it the underground. It allows our members of the Kansas City Automotive Museum to store their vehicles in a safe 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day monitored, temperature-controlled environment. And it's much like a museum setting down there at the underground. It's clean, very well lit. And we've also partnered with the uh, Neon Museum here in town called Lumi, and they've got many of the iconic signs from Kansas City on display. So it's actually like coming to a second museum when you visit the underground. And then in a couple of years, you know, once we start the capital pain, we get rolling with that. Uh, then we will start the construction of the physical building on the green space on the south side of the underground. And uh, hey, Jason, if I can give a free plug, if you don't mind, September 25th at the underground, we're having our block party from 10 until 3. It's free to spectators and a $20 donation to show your car. <laughs> Jason, uh, you were going to stop in there and talk about the move to downtown as well. You know... Bill is such a great, great salesman. He said everything that uh, I probably could have said. I guess the only thing I'll add is that, um, you know, Olathe has been a great, great home for us. And we are so appreciative to the people and, and, and the locals that come out to all our cars and coffees and things of that nature. But I think the drive from moving, excuse me, the pun, but the drive from moving to Olathe to downtown also um, is about just regionalism and recognizing that there is a growing uh, tourism movement in Kansas City from the towns that are all within a day's drive. And especially you talk about like, you know, people coming out of the pandemic and even before that, right? It's a, Kansas City is becoming a really fun, cheap destination to bring a family, to have a reunion. And so we feel like we will get a lot of um draw from those types of events, those type of regional events. And then also there's a lot of car clubs that we feel like we can get like nationally recognized by bringing in uh, larger events. And so we need space. And so we were looking for centrally located spaces so that BMA Tower uh, property availed itself. And we closed on that because we feel like it's going to allow us to grow and invite large groups of folks to come through Kansas City to feature uh their automotive, uh, you know, things like the Porsche Club uh, of, of North America. You know, they have a, a traveling kind of thing that comes through towns, uh, you know, throughout the year. And so we'd like to be able to host those types of things. And we feel like that space is going to be primed to do that. That's awesome. I can't wait to check it out. Hey, Bill, uh, what's the uh, – and we're talking about the Kansas City Auto Museum on today's Grill Nation show. Executive Director Bill Cook is joining us. Bill, what's the first few months been like for you in, in an executive director role? What have you learned? Some things maybe you didn't expect. Uh, how, how's that going for you? Uh, you know, I, I've got to say, you know, Vrenny and the board has just built such a great team. It was real easy to walk in. Everybody's very professional and up to speed. So the first thing that we had going was our great car show that we had recently over at Union Station. So that was our big activity. It was kind of all hands on deck with that of getting everything finished and completed so we could do that. But uh, I got to say, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, the support we get from the board, as well as the, you know, car community in Kansas City. Uh, it's just, it's a great time. And I, I love it. And we're looking forward to things we're going to do here in the fall and in 2022. So. Mm -hmm. um, I got to ask you guys this. I never, I never thought about this question, but what, what kind of car do you both drive? Since you're car nuts, I, I'd like to know. 
<laughs> you're not running for office, so it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to watch your P's and Q's here, I don't think. Right, well, I'll go first. Uh, I've actually got a couple of cars. I've got a 1965 Shelby Cobra 427 SC replica uh, that I built that looks like an original car. It took me nine years to do. Uh, we're finishing up my son's 1977 Volkswagen Baja Bug. And then I've got a 1966 or a Volkswagen Beetle that I'm going to start restoring here once the 77's out of the garage. So. Classic guy, classic cars. <laughs> what about you, Jason? You probably you probably got more of a, a, a common sense car right now, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a single dad right now, and so um, you know, most of my, uh, my my trips to and from also involve me and taking my eight year old daughter at either you know. Uh, gymnastics practice or school or camp or whatever. So yeah, I got to have something with a backseat. But I used to have an uh, just up till a couple months ago, uh, O2 Porsche Boxer 986 that I kind of partially rebuilt to pull the transmission out of it, put a new clutch in it, um, did a couple other mods, exhaust things like that. And me and a buddy who actually you just had on your podcast, Parker Webb, uh, oh, yeah. we drove cross country to a, a destination called Tale of the Dragon which is 318 curves and 11 miles. And wow, we, we got to go to break, Jason, but I can't yeah. wait to hear that story. Yeah. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM KMBZ via podcast or on our website. Thanks for joining us today. He was warm, he came around like he was dignified. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I appreciate you listening today, however you're listening, whether it's on the radio, on our podcast networks, or on the website, grillnationshow.com. Of course, you can also watch and listen to all of our old shows at our YouTube page. Just search for Grill Nation with Jason Grill. We're uh, excited to uh, continue to give you more and more ways, hopefully, to connect with our guests. Uh, If you'd like to collaborate with the show, you can just email us. My email is grillnationshow at gmail.com. We'd love to have people come on and guests and partners uh, with the show. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much for uh, for listening today. We are talking to a great collaborator of the show, Landmark National Bank. Their website is banklandmark.com. Uh, they have brought on today just a, a great individual I actually have I've never met before. Uh, so I'm excited to connect with him. Uh, Bill Cook, who's the exec- executive director of the Kansas City Auto Museum, their website is KansasCityAutoMuseum.com. Bill is uh, is fairly new on his job, just like uh, Jason Carter Solomon, who's also joining us today from Landmark National Bank, Senior Vice President. Um, Bill, um, welcome back. Jason, welcome back. Let's uh, let's talk more about this museum uh, and talk about kind of the exhibits and some of the cars again, uh, Bill, and kind of how you cycle through all these because you're trying to put out new content. It looks like on your website. Each and every month with different events. Uh, how do you how do you do all this, and, and where do these cars come from, and how do you cycle through them? Well, I, I tell you, we're very fortunate. And uh, remember a name, Butch Pappen. He's our curator, and I've been with Butch at the Great Car Show, at the Cars and Coffee we have. And I swear, Butch knows where every car is hidden in Kansas City, whose garage is in, who. So that's why when we cycle through, we do Auburn Court Dusenberg Month. You know, between Butch and Roscoe, they know where those are at. Same with military vehicles. So that's we kind of leave it up to Butch, you know, as far as rotating the cars in the collection in the museum and then the content that's in the drive-in. So 
Yeah, it, it's just it's wonderful because we'll be sitting there in a Wednesday meeting and he'll go, you know, hey, oh, by the way, I found this model J. Dusenberg. And we look at him like, how in the world did you know that? And he goes, well, a friend of a friend of a friend put me in connection with him. So uh, it's just great having guys that have been in the car, in, you know, hobby their whole lives and have all those connections to know where the unique vehicles are, too. And you would be amazed at the people that just, you know, come to visit the museum and say, oh, by the way, my grandfather had this. Would you guys be interested in displaying it? And we're like, well, yeah, that would be a perfect fit. We would love it. So yeah, it's just it's great. The opportunities that we have to interact with the community. So you so these cars just belong to, to different Kansas Cityans. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And there, we own about three cars. Uh, the museum does at this point. Uh, a couple of them are EVs. And then one is what we call the yellow duck. It's more of a home built car. But the great thing is it's perfect for kids to sit in, get their pictures taken. Uh, we've got a wrap for the Kansas City Auto Museum. And so, yeah, the vast majority of those cars you see are owned by individuals and or families in the Kansas City area. So um, if we want to get our cars into the museum here, um, how do we do that? Just drop me an email via the website. I'll be more than happy to look at it and see where it fits by all means. But, you know, I, I got to tell you something in the meantime, if you need more room in the garage over the winter and you need some place to store it, I know of a perfect place at 31st and Southwest traffic way called the underground, you know, that we'd be more than happy to let you be a part of that family down there too. So. so so, talk us through that again. And Jason, you're on mute if you want to jump in. The underground. So if I have, uh, let's say I live in Brookside and I'm like Jason and I said, man, I have this old Porsche, but I got to get a minivan to, to drive my child around to soccer practice. I can store, I can store my Porsche at, at your facility for a certain fee a month. Is that how it works? Absolutely. And uh, it's a very reasonable fee when when you compare it to the other places out there. And ours has more of a car club and it is like a second museum for us. All of the vehicles are displayed with reader boards. Uh, we just held our first tours on Friday and had several groups come through. So we're also giving tours of our museum friends cars that are stored there. So you bring up a perfect example with winter coming. I think there's a lot of our wives and brides and girlfriends who would like to have the garage back so they can put their car in it so we don't have to scrape the ice off of it. So, uh, yeah, that's we've got plenty of space down there. And if anybody's interested, you can go to the underground uh, through the Kansas City Automotive website, set up a time. Uh, Scott Butcher Claire would be more than delighted to give you a tour and walk through and kind of uh, see what it is. I, I was there Friday afternoon and it was kind of interesting. I had a a gentleman unload one of his Ferrari 348 projects. I had a gentleman bring in a mid-60s International Harvester Scout. And then I had two, another gentleman brought in two Citroen cars for us. So that just gives you an idea of how even diverse the collection is at the underground. I love it. So I love it. One of the things I'll tell you, you know, amongst people that are into cars, right, it becomes kind of like a sickness. And sometimes you kind of hide it, right, because you go, all right, listen, if I go buy this car, then I'm, I'm going to have to buy these parts. And then I might find this car and I'll find this deal. And a lot of folks will restrain themselves like I have for the past 10 years or so. I'm just now starting to get back into the hobby and um, let my kind of creative juices flow and, and, and go. Bill, we lost we lost Jason there. So so he was talking about his creative juices. Oh, so you know what? I'll tell you, Jason, it's a real funny story. You know, I've been involved with the museum for a while. Uh, they actually used my car for some marketing for the underground. So when my wife found out I was offered the job, 
she was kind of scared at first because she goes, oh, so now you've got 200 places to store cars. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't think of that. So that, that's back to Jason's point yeah. about now we can feed that desire to get that $1,000 car off of Facebook knowing that we're going to build it in a year. So I've I, I showed great restraint, my wife would say. So. That's I think great. I kind of cut out. I don't know if you guys caught what you I did. Said, you did. You, know, you were talking about your, your creative juices and getting back into it. Yeah, you start finding these deals on Facebook Marketplace. I was just saying, you know, everybody that's a car guy or gal, you know, the underground is your your license to kind of start the treasure hunt again and uh, have a little fun. Hey, Bill, I want to know more about kind of your other activities you do at the museum because, I mean, you guys are a nonprofit, but you do have um, different events in your venue that people can hold, correct? Absolutely. We've got event space in Olathe, and part of the plan for the new museum is some dedicated space and in the conceptual drawings that Helix did for us on the second and third floor, it actually overlooks the scout and the skyline of Kansas City. So we're looking at that being kind of a premier place, you know, for sales conventions, if you will, weddings, anniversaries, things like that. But right now at Olathe, uh, one of the things we've got coming up in August is we have the Boy Scouts. So we have them come in. We do the Pinewood Derby. They do an overnight at the museum. And then the Scoutmaster, and I've gotten recruited this year, we're actually going to introduce the young men and women uh, to kind of some preventive maintenance on vehicles. You know, how to change a flat tire, how to check your oil, things like that. So we do. We partner with the Scout Group. Uh, and something we're going to do in Olathe and as well as at the Underground in 2022 is what's called Car Care Aware. So we partner with local mechanics. Car Care Aware is based out of Maryland. They do lobbying for the automotive aftermarket. And uh, ladies, families can bring their vehicles in. Our people that we trust that are ASC certified mechanics will give it a quick look over, whether it's, you know, ready for spring vacation, whatever it may be, and say, okay, you need these repairs done. It's also a way to educate the public, if you will, of what are appropriate repairs for a vehicle and what are not. So that's going to be one of our outreaches to the community in 2022. You guys do events also um, with uh, not only with scout groups and, and, and teacher groups, but also, you know, with uh, with schools. Talk to us about kind of the programs you do with schools, because uh, I think that's kind of interesting for kids to get involved. Yeah, we've got uh, one new thing that we're actually working on. Metropolitan Community College is a partnership with them to get them involved, uh, both as a, as a docent, if you will, and a volunteer with the museum to give them that exposure. And uh, another thing that we've wanted to do, you know, when I was younger, there really wasn't much for us when we were in our teens, early 20s. You know, we were just out there wreaking the havoc that we were in the world. Uh, so this spring, we're going to have what we're calling an area vocational technical school only car show. And it's going to be for young adults, whether they're in the Olathe program, the Shawnee Mission Auto Repair program, Metropolitan Community College, Kansas City, Kansas, AVTS. It's going to be a car show just for those guys. And it's going to be everything from driving the project that you're working on, like so many of us did, to the guys that haven't finished. So that's going to be a good outreach to where we can showcase those guys and get them even more involved with the museum. Uh, one of the big things that we do is every first Saturday and every third Saturday in Olathe, we have what is called uh, Kansas City Auto Museum Cars and Coffee. Uh, we're open from 8 until 10 for this event. We'll have anywhere from 200 to 300 cars actually show up on Olathe. We provide coffee. It's just kind of a floating car show, if you will. Plus, the museum is free at no charge if you'd like to come visit that, too. Uh, 
I mean, we, we've had everything from the Volkswagen buses that show up with a surfboard on top to, to a gentleman that actually had it taken delivery of a brand new McLaren on a Thursday and drove it out to cars and coffee on a Saturday morning just to be a part of it. So, again, great diversity in the car community in Kansas City. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason, follow up on that. We've got about a minute left. I mean, there's just so many things that are going on at this museum, uh, and it's just so interactive and, you know, it seems to be for all ages, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's the goal. <laughs> Is to make, uh, especially with the car museum, you know, car museum used to get a knock that it's just a bunch of rich guys showing off their cars. We aim to be much more than that. We engage, we aim to engage with the community, make car, uh, history and culture accessible to everyone, invitive and inclusive of everyone and keep this thing going. Because if you look at any machine in our history as a country and as an industrialized society, the automobile has really been the crux of innovation. And so we look to inspire and engage folks with the automobile and transportation so that you might get the next Elon Musk coming out of Kansas City. Um, there's a lot of cool things that I think young folks are looking into with respect to how transportation evolves and young people think of it differently. And we want to show that, hey, you can be a part of this hobby, this uh, th- this uh, culture and it can lead to educational opportunities and career opportunities and fun. And that's what we're all about. I love it. We're talking about the Kansas City Auto Museum on today's Grill Nation show, KansasCityAutoMuseum.com. We'll be right back after the break for our final segment. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I want to thank uh, Landmark National Bank for uh, collaborating with me on today's show. Of course, they're just an incredible bank here in Kansas City. Banklandmark.com is the website. Uh, We're joined today by Jason Carter-Solomon from Landmark National Bank, Senior Vice President. And our guest today is Bill Cook, who is the Executive Director of the Kansas City Auto Museum. Their website is KansasCityAutoMuseum.com. Just an incredible place that I'm learning about, too, today. They're, uh, they're based in Olathe right now, but they're going to be opening a, uh, a fabulous new museum downtown, uh, kind of by the BMA building, uh, which is kind of in Midtown around 31st Street, if, I, if I'm correct, Bill and Jason, yes, somewhere around there, correct? Um, yep. We're going to learn more about your uh, your love of cars on this last segment today. Uh, what is the uh, What is the favorite car you've ever owned, either one of you? Favorite car... 67 Mustang 289. Um, it was nothing really special, but, um, you know, kind of like a good, just classic muscle car that uh, started my love. I love it. What about you, Bill? Uh, it would be the current one that I have, my 1965 Shelby Cobra replica. Easy answer for you. Uh, <laughs> what, what about your dream car? If you could have one car, what would it be? Bill, what? Well, well, for me, I've kind of got two of them. I would always love to have a 1933 or 1934 Ford Street Rod fenderless and or that elusive car, a 1969 Dodge Daytona Hemi, one of those cars. I mean, those would kind of be like, you know, dream cars. So, yeah. And Jason? For me, and people always ask me this question because I'm a car guy. I always tell them it's the car that I have yet to build. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> one of the guys that I love the wrenching part of it. I love wrenching and driving them. And so... I've always wanted to fancy myself kind of like one of these 
you know, almost, you know, I love Carol Shelby is one of my kind of business and automotive heroes, right? Like to take something and make something, even if it's not completely from scratch, it's just a really cool proposition. Again, it's creative, it's artistic. Um, it's like putting a puzzle together. And I think that car is coming up for me. So I don't necessarily have a specific brand, but you know, a 60s muscle car, that's probably what I'm going to do next and kind of make it my own. And that might be my favorite car for a while. I love it. If you had to pick a color of a car for the rest of your life, what would it be? We'll start with Bill. Uh, blue. That's easy. <laughs> what, shade, what shade of blue? What kind of a medium blue? If you've ever seen the Guardsman blue from Ford from the mid-60s, it's got a little metallic in it. And then a certain light, it kind of shifts to this green, blue-green color. So, yeah, Guardsman blue. Okay. Jason? The all-time classic color for me is the uh, like the money green or evergreen color of the Bullet uh, Mustang. I mean, there you go. Just, I'm, I'm just happy you guys didn't say white. <laughs> I, white cars, man. I, I get it. Everyone's like they never get dirty, you know. But uh, I just, I just get. I have, a, I have two black cars, but um, I kind of like that. I've seen a, a couple of those green cars floating around town. Um, those are cool. And, and obviously, I'm gonna Google Guardsman Blue now. Uh, see what that's all about. My first car actually was blue. Um, okay. It was a, it was not one of your guys' type of cars. It was a Mercury, Mercury Topaz, I think ninety two maybe. I don't remember, but it was a great little car. Um, best advice we've never heard any advice from either one of you on the show because you've never been on. Uh, what is your kind of your best advice that's kind of helped you in your career and in your journey? Uh, we'll start with Bill. Well, you know, I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of mentors throughout my professional career. And, you know, there's two things really that come to mind, you know, having been involved in the sales side of it for so long. One gentleman taught me that people buy from people. You know, you kind of heard that earlier when Jeff was talking. That it's the relationships that you make with people that involve them in the process, whether it's selling a product and or getting them into the museum to experience something. And then, you know, one came from one of my guys that really helped me with the leadership was, is that you always have to lead from in front and never lead from behind. Mm, that's a good one. I've not heard that. I like that. How about you, Jason? You know, um, I had to learn, you know, early in my career when I was um, a young leader um, that sometimes... You're still pretty young, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, well, I appreciate that. I might be a little older than you think, though. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have you reached the 40, 40 milestone yet? Next You're getting year, close. Next year. Okay. Next year. Yeah. There's great. So I'm, old, I'm, I'm older than you, so I can call you young. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was always, you know, kind of told, you know, um, it's best to choose when to respond than to react. Uh, that's advice I've gotten in the, in the most recent years. And so sometimes when you're faced with a situation to take time to collect yourself and uh, respond versus just reacting every situation because crises are going to come and things are going to uh, perhaps disappoint you. But, you know, if you try to always react or respond, I'm sorry, with compassion towards other people uh, and uh, form good, authentic relationships, uh, that can never be wrong, a wrong true north. I like that. I like that advice. Um, what excites you guys about the future of cars? We've been talking about a lot of cars, maybe from the past. Um uh, Let's start with Bill. What what kind of excites you about the future of uh, what we're going to see in the car world? You know, it, it, just the technology that's involved and some of the speeds that they're getting out of these cars. Uh, I wasn't really much of an EV guy in the beginning, but in the last couple of years, I've really come to embrace that through the Porsche 918 hypercar that they've done. And just this week at Monterey, they rolled out a new call a new car called a Zinger, a C Z I N G E R, and it is actually a 3D printed hypercar 
that has turned some of the fastest laps possible at Laguna Seca WeatherTech Raceway. So just to watch those guys evolve, the Kona's eggs of the world, uh, you know, some of those, you know, we get back to Carol Shelby again, you know, that's what Christian Kona's egg is. It's kind of one of those privateers building some of the most insane cars in the world by himself without Ferrari or Lambo backing him. So, you know, I like that entrepreneurial style and the technology combined. And we're going to see some phenomenal cars in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jason? So I'm a bit of a contrarian. I, um, I'm not a big new car fan. Um, I think a lot of the design and character lines are becoming um, over uh, plagiarized. My car, I guess, fanaticism probably stops at about 2004. That's where all my brand specific knowledge starts to wane off. But what does excite me in the technology sphere is EV. And I am looking forward to seeing a day where you can buy kind of a crate um, conversion kit to put into any old car you can find. There are some um, customizers and engineers that are doing that with some old cars. And the name escapes me. So somebody can look it up and Google it. But, you know, that day is coming and that's going to get a lot of kids excited about trying to restore these old cars and save them. Because I love seeing the history of cars continued and saved. And, um, you know, a lot of these cars are getting really expensive. And so to see what folks think is cool and then they spend the money to electrify or even customize in some way and add new technology to, that's what gets me excited about the future of cars, <laughs> seeing young folks uh, apply themselves and figure out how to make uh, what's old new again and, you know, cool and, and, and all that. Finally, with uh, about 30 to 45 seconds, uh, Bill, talk to us about what, what's next for the museum and what you're excited about moving forward. Well, you know, the next chapter is uh, our capital campaign that we're looking to start in 2022 and the involvement that that comes with it. Uh, You know, it's going to give us a lot more publicity, if you will, in the Kansas City space. And just, you know, the opportunity to achieve that goal, if you will. You know, Jeff and the team have done a phenomenal job to getting us where we are. And then Jason and I and the board and my staff taking the next steps uh, to get the museum funded, to get it built. You know, I kind of tell my team, I said, we, you know, some of this is not going to be fun. A lot of it's going to be hard work. We just need to have the goal in the back of our mind that we're all sitting on the back deck on the third floor of the museum, having a cocktail, looking at what we've accomplished. So. Mm-hmm. Exciting, exciting stuff again. KansasCityAutoMuseum.com is the website. It's just a great organization, and I can't wait to visit. Uh, Jason Carter-Solomon, Senior Vice President of Landmark National Bank, and Bill Cook, Executive Director of the Kansas City Auto Museum. Thank you for joining me on today's Grill Nation show. You guys did a great job, and hopefully the listeners will connect with you, and uh, hopefully we'll get them out to your museum to check it all out, whether they're a school child, a scout, a, a retiree, a uh, you know, a full-time employee, whatever it is, you guys have something for them, it sounds like. Yeah, so thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much, and thank you for joining us today on the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a great day.